Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Wednesday morning edition of the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. I'm Scott Prather, and back by, dare I say, I don't want to say it because he's going to get a big head, <laughs> dare I say, back by popular demand. I mean, people are asking for more James Butler, which I, I can't figure out, but here he is, former Rage Cajun, former Green Bay Packers wide receiver, man who serves us as a state trooper, and a man who uh, likes to get on the mic and chop it up, a man who cannot, does not have an ear to distinguish older uh, hip-hop <laughs> artists, <laughs> Hall of Fame artists. Here he is, James Butler. Well, let's let's save that last thing for later when we're coming out of a break. But uh, good morning, man. What's going on? <laughs> you had to say that last part, huh? Oh, I mean, why wouldn't I? Had to. It's not me. I mean, that was the 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 talk of, you know, the the, the Louisiana State Troopers Department. They were all like, "Hey, did you hear what you hear what you hear what James said whenever he heard a Beastie Boys song?" That's fine. I told you I'm gonna play some music. That's I figured that you wouldn't know. And see if you can name which artist it is. I wouldn't, but I wouldn't pretend to. I wouldn't be like, oh, oh, oh that's God, Scott. I got you. Is that is that I don't even is that some future right there? Listen, I heard <laughs> the last little bit of it. I was on my phone. It was the beginning okay. of the song and you were dancing to it. It was not the be Yes, it was. It was the very beginning of the song that I played coming out of a break last time you were on. It was past the mic, which is a great Beastie Boys song. It's like Almost 30 years old, holds up. I and mean, you were enjoying it. You were bobbing your head and you were like, MCA started rapping and you were like, man, is that, was that easy? Is that's like, not, oh, that's not I, easy. Can I explain my side? No. <laughs> <laughs> can I explain my side? Okay, yeah, you, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, of course, of course. I was on my phone on Twitter, okay? <laughs> and I heard the beat. I wasn't listening to the words. There's, there's easy E, everybody. Oh. <laughs> This is what you did. Y'all don't don't do this to me. Y'all know me better than that. He he's setting it up to where it makes me look bad. That's that's what was playing. It was right. just the very first verse. I mean it's a good song. Alright, so did you hear how it faded out? How I just faded yes. this out so on my we, own we, on the board. Yes. So we began talking, and you said, "Do you know who that is?" And me, the way it is now, I'm like, "Okay, that's the well, kind of sound you like because you were like smiling and like dancing." I was like, "Oh man, maybe he's a fan. Maybe he respects the Hall of Famers." Okay, I made a mistake. I shouldn't. Have, <laughs> I shouldn't have said nothing. But listen, I was on my phone. I wasn't paying attention. Okay, but that's fine. If y'all gonna, you know, just do that to me, then I mean, I figured y'all would know me better than that. But if y'all think that, I really thought that that was easy. That's. I'm not gonna lie though. I do. I do like it. It's a good song. I do like it though. You could drop it at different times in history, not any history, but you know, in the last thirty years, and be like, well, I can't tell what year it's from. So what album? That's the sign of a good of? song. Uh, check your head. Check your head. Okay, I like it though. Yeah. So you thought I was gonna come in here and say oh, no? I don't no, like I it. didn't. I, I know you. Look, you you I mean you appreciate greatness. That's one thing I can say yeah, about you, know, James. You know, so. That's why you're on the Great Scott Show. Yeah, let's say you're right. <laughs> a good one. But I, you know, just you know, let's give me some credit. Not let's not you know. I I actually didn't even. I mean, I thought it was. I'll be honest. I didn't. I didn't give you grief at the time. I thought it was a little odd. 
that you were like, is that is that easy? <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. I thought it was a little odd, but I was like, you know what? He's he's t- you know he's off of a long shift. He's probably tired. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna lay off of him. In fact, I I haven't even teased you once about it. I was just pointing out that you made a mistake and that it's okay. But apparently, some of the listeners just giving you grief about it and that's fine well you want to test this out later later you know we could test it out on a later show we i like how you out. think you can reverse this like i'm somehow i won't i if i don't know an artist i'll just be like i don't know scott you did this to me okay i you didn't definitely do anything set this did it up to yourself to embarrass me no i didn't i play bc boys all the time because what you all did, the time i didn't do anything you you were not i mean granted you put you might you might have caught passes from aaron Rodgers, but like that doesn't mean i'm just gonna play a song and try to set you up with something. I play that music every day. But you didn't have to ask me who was on the air either. Well, I wouldn't have if you weren't like really into it. Because I was listening to the beat. It's like if I hear someone, if you see, if there's, if there, like who's your favorite artist ever? Mine? Yeah. Musical artist. Any genre. Doesn't matter. I really don't know. Well, just give me one that you really like. Doesn't have to be I mean, I guess you could say Jay-Z. Okay. Now, if you saw me... Like you, you were playing a Jay Z song, and I kind of started getting into it a little bit. You'd be like, "Oh man, you know that? You know this? Mm-hmm. Like you're not trying to set me up. You just assume like, oh, Scott must like it." <laughs> and the thing is, it's Jay Z. I probably would be able to know it's Jay Z. I wouldn't right. be like, "Oh, y'all is heard that, that? Is y'all that? Heard that? Is that DMX?" Did y'all hear what he just yes, said? If you play a Jay Z song, okay. I will be able to tell that it's just Jay-Z. know, just know, I will. I'm gonna play a Jay Z song yeah. with Jay- someone else featuring on it. Just so you can, you know. Oh, well, no. Now it's not a Jay-Z song. Yes, it is. No. What if it's Jay-Z featuring this artist? That wasn't the Beastie Boys song with Nas in it. Okay. so If you had said it was Nas and it was the song that they sang with Nas, I'd be like, yeah, it's Nas with the Beastie Boys. I wouldn't be like, no. <laughs> here we are. I thought, we, I thought I brought you on to talk sports here. Just the, 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 the old hip-hop talk early in the morning. Well, the bottom line is you set me up. Now we can move <laughs> on. We can move set on to something else. You set me up. I wasn't listening to it. I was listening to the beat. I was on my phone ESPN looking at Twitter. ESPN 1420. ESPN 1420.com. I'm Scott Prather. James Butler is in the house. And did the Jaguars, did Urban Meyer set up Tim Tebow? Did he set him up to fail? That's a good question. I didn't even think about it from Just to, you know, sell some jerseys, get some attention. Take the attention away from Trevor Lawrence and everything else happening in Jacksonville and mm. place it squarely on the very broad shoulders of one Tim Tebow, who really, if you're not going to agree with me, James, but I said it, everyone said it. He had no chance to make that deal. But see, I initially thought they signed him to play like a Taysom Hill kind of role. He wishes he was as good as Taysom Hill. Right, but I thought in the NFL, I thought that's what, because. Didn't the report come out and said that he was going to switch to jersey number 15 from 85? I don't maybe. And he was going to go to the Taysom Hill kind of role. So I, that surprised me, you know, that he got cut. But isn't Gardner Minshew number 15? Yeah, but I know they, you know, probably going to switch jerseys. Well, not he knows he's going to get 85. As as, but. As soon as he got 85, those things started selling like hotcakes. I mean, yeah. he was on the team for a few weeks, and they sold all these 85 jerseys. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know, man. He, I don't think that he set them up because I think – they thought that he really had a chance to make some plays at tight end, but some of the blocks that I seen were just terrible. You know, I I just I feel like I feel like what it was was just it was a former coach doing a solid for a guy he loves, 
who wanted one more chance to try to go after a dream. And he just, it, I don't, I don't, with T, like, TiVo is so polarizing. I mean, the internet reaction yesterday was exactly what you would expect it to be. Like, 90% jokes, 8% like, guy's classy, good for him, 2%, he should be in the league, it's just, it's a it's a conspiracy against them. You know, I mean, it, that that's pretty much what it was. Um, and... He is classy. He is a good dude, and he went. He tried for something, and he and he didn't make it. That's, you know, oh, he's a failure. No, the failure is the guy that doesn't even get off the couch. Okay, let me ask you this: Do you think the way the game is now, in comparison to when he first came out, you think he, if he would have came came out now as a quarterback, he would have had a better chance and been, been successful? No, I, I think his throwing mechanics and motion were just off. I think I think had he embraced a different kind of role early in his career, he could have played for a while. But he just said, no, I just want to play quarterback. It's all I want to do. And it didn't work out for him. And he's more popular. He's more famous for being Tim Tebow than he is for being a football player. Okay. He's just yeah. like, he's just, it's not like he's still going to be on TV. He's still going to be like this. He could go on a reality show. He can go back. I'm sure he'll go back on the SEC network as an analyst. Like, he'll still just be super famous and, you know, do charity. Speaking of name, image, likeness, James. James Butler. Oh, How yeah. much would that guy have made? <clears throat> I mean, Chick-fil-A would have just. They, they, they would have just. <laughs> they would have given him as much as. He would have been like. And then he would have been like, no, don't pay me. Just feed this yeah, country right. a bunch of nuggets. Right, yeah. <laughs> With some Polynesian sauce and Chick-fil-A sauce. Yeah, you already know. Oh. Um, <laughs> So do, okay, let me ask you this: Do you think Lamar Jackson is a better throw of the football than Tim Tebow was? Absolutely. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. Um, and the reason why I say that is because now I feel like the game is starting to shift towards these quarterbacks that have the ability to run and maybe kind of be iffy with throwing the football. I know Lamar Jackson isn't the best. But that's why I wanted to ask, do you think that... Do you think it's shifting or do you think that they're just a few outliers like a Jackson or a Murray, but it's not? Like, what has... I think it's going to take those quarterbacks to, like, win a Super Bowl to see a major yeah. sort of paradigm shift. I think it's it's more acceptable now. I think it's like, okay, well, this guy is such a good athlete that... Because think about when Taysom Hill first came out, you know? I don't think anyone thought, even if he wouldn't have got hurt, that he would have been a first, second-round pick. You know, it was always a question of can he really stand in the pocket and throw the football. But I think now— And he, and he didn't stand out enough, and then they were like, well, you want to try to do something else? And he's right. like, sure. Right, and, 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 you know, I think now it's more acceptable because of the people like Kyler Murray, because of the people like Lamar Jackson— you can even say Josh Allen, but Josh Allen can actually, you know, sling it. So he um, probably throw it like 150. Yards. He probably can, you know. Um, Trey Lance threw it 80 yards in practice, and everyone Trey flipped Lance. out by a video. We'll see if he's good enough to, you know. Yeah. It's cool to throw a ball really far, but you got to be able to do a lot of different things. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think what Lamar does too is he's as much as he runs, he has a way of protecting his body. Mm-hmm. better than any quote-unquote mobile quarterback I've ever seen. Right. Like, as much as Cam Newton ran in his MVP season where he was unstoppable until the Super Bowl, he was just taking so yeah. many shots, man. And and that's that's always – I think that's always the worry with any GM is this is a good tool to have in your offense if they right. can do both. But 
can they hold up? You know, is right. this sustainable? Can they make it? And um, I mean, look at Dak. Dak got hurt running the football. You know, you think Dallas is worried now that Dak's had two MRIs? Um, like, hey, tell me this, James Butler, our guest, ESPN 1420, former Raging Cajun, Green Bay Packers wide receiver. Have you had an MRI before? I have. I've had one too. Now I wasn't an athlete. Um, once I had an MRI, they finally found out what was wrong with my shoulder. And then I'm like, I didn't have to get another one. Mm-hmm. Like, like uh, shortly thereafter, why would an athlete is this as Dallas sends out that tweet last week? Like, it's no need to worry. Mm-hmm. It's just precaution, which I thought was stupid. Um, why do you need a second MRI? Is that because something's not healing right? Or is exactly. that just precaution? It's, it's, to be honest, what it was, I guess it is because I guess it's still going on. Um, Dak didn't feel comfortable yet, and the injury made it, it probably was still bugging him. And he was like, man, it's just not healing right. Something's not right. It's not getting better. So they went back in to see, is it healing or is it just a pain tolerance thing? And that's what it was. So should they be worried right now? Oh, yeah, definitely. About I would be. this recovery. I would be. And they just paid him a lot of money. But it, it might be one of those things where it's like, look, is it going to hurt? It's, there's no really, you know, there's no damage, anything like that. You're going to have to just muscle through it. Okay. Well, that's not as bad then, you know. And I think that's, that's, that's my that's, do what it is. If it's just a pain threshold instead of this thing is, isn't healing, that's. Because didn't they come on and say it was healing? But they could be just. Well, yeah, and then then they were, you know, keeping tabs on his practice, and he wanted to practice more, and they're like, no, you can't practice that much. And then Jerry went to Mike McCarthy and was like, why isn't Dak out there more? Well, Yeah. Old Jerry. The GM, right? 78 years old and GM owner throwing salt on his McGriddles. Mm -hmm. You seen that? That was nasty, man. (laughs) Why would you even do that? My my thing is, why did he have a salt? He has a salt shaker handy with him. Look at James over there. That's, can like that's disgusting. Bench five hundred pounds and his, you know, cognizant I mean, of his health. Yeah, no, I can't. You know, I so, can't bench so five hundred pounds. Would you have a better chance of making a team as a tight end? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Could you make a team as a tight end right now? Hundred percent. You really believe that? I I know I can. You think Tim Tebow was saying the same thing to himself though? Maybe I don't know, but I know I can do it though. Well, you at least played receiver. I right. mean, you you. Now and now you're built more. You pull the Juwan Johnson exactly. You like you were receiver, and then you just now you're just thicker, and now you're a tight end. Scott, listen. All I need to do just give me a month, because I'm in no way, shape, or form in, in like in the type of condition to even do that. So how would one get in football condition? I would have to. I would have, have to, to like. They say the average football play lasts six seconds, so that's like. Going as hard as you can for six seconds, maybe getting a fifteen second break, going as hard as you can. So I would have to like run routes and condition myself to be ready to, you know, if like a, a two minute drive, two minute drill, that as a receiver is the most gasting thing ever. Cause you constantly running routes, they catch the ball, you back on the fit. It's just so I would have to prepare for that. And that's worst case scenario. Yeah. What about block? I mean, how are you gonna work on your blocking? This is that's just how much. How much times have you blocked like in a three point stance? Um, never. No, I have on like. 
So how are you going to be? A, how are you going to be a tight end in like an NFL offense? So this is this is for me to make my case right now. Yes, to any NFL team. Yes. All right. So listen. Or to, I mean, they so, they all listen every day. Okay. Yeah, they might. You never know. Mm-hmm. So listen, Sean Payton, if you're what's listening, up, what's up, Mickey? Um. So when I was playing that, like it's 2021. So this might be like six years ago. Seven. <laughs> Seven years ago. Um. When you were in Packers camp just a couple years ago, catching passes from Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah, word it like you know, that. We gotta, we gotta throw that in there. Um, whenever there was a block to be made for a linebacker at the end, they sent me number eleven, you know, because they knew I could get the job done. So me blocking these DNs and linebackers, it's something I've done before, Scott. Like I've, I've, I, I'm not afraid to what do kind it. of DNs. See why you got to do that, man. See, you trying to the validity of what I'm saying is. I'm only. Not, I'm. I have to play devil's. I'm only asking questions. What uh, you mean? What kind of DNs? Four or three DNs. Okay. You'll have a spot on the team if you can tell the difference between Easy E and the Beastie. Oh my God! All right. Well, then that means I got a spot on the team. Then. So you want to do that? I I'm have a spot to, on the team, and that means you need to thank me for helping get you on the oh, team. I, I knew prepared, the I prepared difference you for that. before I came here. Okay, I knew the difference. ESPN fourteen twenty. That is James Butler. We're gonna take a quick timeout. He um. He's just been anxious to get some things off of his chest, and I'm not talking about defensive ends. He watched the preseason game. And in typical James Butler fashion, he got all worked up. All I know is in your line of work as a state trooper, you should never watch a Saints game like and then like in the middle of the game go work. I just feel like you'd be way too aggressive. Like yeah. I'd be afraid. Yeah. Do um, you know how fast you were going? Yeah. It's like honestly, like if the Saints will literally give you a heart attack. But if they're coming off a dominant win, you're just like, hey. Hey man, look, just slow just, down. Just slow down. It's all good. <laughs> You know how fast you were going, man? No, no. Here's the question. Uh, no, you were going uh, 50 over. Did you watch uh, the game? It's a felony. Okay. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> Did you watch the game? Yes, yes. No? Okay. Yes. So. Wait right here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Did you watch the game? Oh. No, I didn't. Okay. Wait right All here. All right. We'll something. be right back. That's James Butler. Yes, he's got some things to say about the Saints preseason opener. It's ESPN1420N.com. Back into the great Scott show, the great sports callers open think tank. James Butler. I'm not doing it. Leave me alone. Let's move on. Man. I'm not doing it. Man. Not doing what? I'm not. Just go ahead. Just say what you got to say. I'm not saying it. Let's uh, call the transition. Welcome back into the show, everybody. I've, I've got a. I've got a surly former football player across from me. I'm Scott Prather. That's James Butler. 
I don't know why he's in such a sour mood this morning. I thought you were ha- you were happy when you walked in. What yeah, happened? But then you played the music, and I knew you was about to segue and ask me some questions about it. And I just anything you play from now on, I'm not answering. You have to. You don't have to look. The answer is always the Beastie Boys. I won't even ask you. That's just what's playing. When I, I can come do in that. and out of breaks. I can do that. Okay. But then the next time you'll play something. No, I'm not. <laughs> you'll play something different, and then I'll say, "Oh, it's the Beastie Boys," and then no, there'll be something no, different, no. and then everybody will be like, "Oh my god!" I gosh, wouldn't do that. This guy doesn't. Know I his wouldn't music. do that. You act like I somehow set you up. To you that did, man. No, it's your it's your coworkers and friends that give you a hard time. I'm. I was only trying to introduce you to some classic music. That's all. No, nah, but I like it though. I'm gonna go download it and see. You know, get hip to the <clears> game. I can. I'll send you. Yeah, if you, if you download the first album, it's gonna sound very different than everything else. Okay. That's the most popular album, but it's very much like a punk rock, punk rock rap 1980s. They were like touring with Run DMC. It, it sounds very different than the rest of their stuff. Well, they from New York, right? Yeah, yeah, they're from okay. New York. Yeah. See, you didn't think I knew that. See, so y'all got to give me some credit on that. You didn't think I knew that. But I got that right. I didn't even ask you, but I'm I'm good. I'm so all right. So since I said that, can like this drop now? I didn't even bring it up. Here's the thing. I honestly will. I always play it unless it's Terrible Tune Tuesday, the eight o'clock hour with Jay Walker. Ever other than that, the last like month and a half, and probably the rest of my life, I'm, I'll only play just Beastie Boys songs coming in and out of breaks, unless it's a terrible tune or an athlete releases a song and it's just some joke or if it's like a Saints theme after a win. Other than that, it's always just going to be Beastie Boys. So if I release a song, you going to play it on, on here? <laughs> Probably, Why yes. you laugh like it's not going to be Probably. a good song? <laughs> Why did you laugh like it's not going to be a good song? That's messed up, man. Y'all see how I get treated on the, no, on, no, on like, the radio I didn't even station? know you were a musician. Y'all see? I, I didn't say I, song? I didn't say I was. I just said if I release well, a song, the, would you so play it on the radio it, station? It depends. Is it, does, is it, I mean, I you're a you're a nice Christian young man, great family values. You're raised right. Like, I don't, it's just going to have foul language in it. No, it's not. Well, of course I'll play it. Okay, I'm all right. support well, you. Yeah, all right. I appreciate that. So well, I support just... you, but I'm going to be honest. I mean, if it's not good, I'm going to just give you my honest opinion. All right, well. Give us your honest opinion. Saints preseason game one. But, all right, so what's the first thing you want to talk about? I just, I want the thing that bothered you the most. Turnovers. I want, all right, that's obvious. And you're right. I want the thing that bothered you second to most. Mm. Uh, second to most. Well, you know, first turner was second. Um, probably people still saying that this Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston competition is still close. I think after the per- first preseason game, I think if you really know what you're looking at, it's not even close. I think you know Jameis has to be the star. I, I mean, after the first preseason game, in my opinion. You don't feel like – I mean, they both kind of had some ups and downs. Now, Jameis in the two-minute drill was – he was great. I, I don't see it as up and downs, though. I really don't because playing quarterback is all about rhythm. And Jameis wasn't able to get his rhythm like that, you know, when he first got the ball. So once he got his feet under him and started making those throws, man, it was lights out, and I was impressed. Now, we could get into the particulars about, you know, the interception that Jameis threw, the interception that Taysom threw, but I think from watching it and knowing football a little bit, I think Jameis definitely has the edge, and I think he knows that because I've seen a video of him dancing at practice. I mean, he does that anyway. Yeah, but, it's like, I mean, that's I think, like saying I saw, you know, Popeye eating spinach. Yeah, Jameis but, you know, is, but I think that's his confidence saying, I got this, you know, I got, you know, I'm in the lead. So, I, you know, I don't know. It's just when it comes to Taysom, 
and I don't have the 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 end zone shots of you know the decisions that he make. But from the outside looking in, it just seems like his decision he can't make quick decisions if it's not pre read already. If it's not one two, he's not able to go one two three. Re- yes, right. I mean so, that that's what if you looked at him, it was like his first two throws were to his first read. Process was there. He threw with anticipation. Um, it looked good. And then when he starts going into third, fourth read, it's like, no. Then you look at Jameis, and on the touchdown mm-hmm. throw, he's he's in his third, fourth read sometimes, like boom, right. boom, boom, boom. So right. the, the processing of the play in real time, right. it's you you could that's I think that's where you actually, to me, in terms of that game, that's where I saw the biggest difference between right. the two and their command of the offense. And I don't know if you if you realized it. But on that Jameis touchdown throw, the running back that went to the flat, he was open for a quick second. But Jameis purposely looked at him and said, no, I'm going to throw the dig. I was impressed by that because he could have taken that easy flat route. But he was like, no, I'm going to take this dig. I'm going to make a good throw. It's single coverage. This is the read that I'm going to make. So – he realized the safety wasn't following the route, right. and he said, "I got we got single man coverage. I'm going right. for it." And and I and I actually seen Jameis go through his progression, go one two three, and then make I seen him do that. Taysom, I haven't you know. It's like you've been in the the offense for you know years now, and I, I have I just don't see that progression. And if again, it's I see I wanna I wanna disagree with you so that we can debate here <laughs> but in regards to this i really i mean i really can't like right, it, it's right. and on top of that i mean i think we were talking about it when you were on a few weeks ago i mean i think Taysom hills the best athlete on the team either him or, or camara right. and if you have if you have Jameis on the field you you could still use Taysom. if mm-hmm. you have Taysom on the field you can't really use Jameis. right interesting question so yesterday on the show i was talking about Players and coaches that are under the most pressure in 2021. And a listener emailed, Jay, he emailed, he said, Jameis Winston, because this feels like it for him. Like, this might be his last chance to be the guy. He's on a one-year deal, kind of a proven deal. He's 27. I mean, if he can't beat out Taysom Hill, it's like, what kind of teams would want to <laughs> yeah. go? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I, I is, But others might look at it and say, one year deal, not a ton of pressure. I'm like, no. I, I I think plus when you're replacing a legend at that position, I don't care how good or bad you are, the pressure that's that's enormous pressure to begin with. So I think I don't know if he's top of the list in terms of all the players in the league this year, but he's definitely on a mm-hmm. top ten list of players under most pressure. He's under pressure, but he's gonna win the M V P when oh. I told you that. <laughs> I told you that already. So I'm not changing my stance. Co- yeah. Why you think this is not gonna happen, man? You think I don't, he's I don't like, no, it's just you. You you're going. You have this great. You have this good football analysis from the mind of a guy that played at the highest level, and then out of nowhere, you're like, I mean, he's gonna win the MVP. He is, guy. I don't know what you want me to say. You want me to say he's not? I don't want you to say that. He, uh, you don't have to say he's not. It's understood that he's not. Listen, in the Bible, it talks about the power of the tongue. Okay, you have to speak things into existence. I'm speaking into existence. Jameis Winston will win the MVP. Okay, that's that's it. I'm not going to say anything negative. That's not like, you, you, okay. 
What you, what, what you want me to say? I mean, I you're talking about you... like charismatic speaking in tongues. Like that's not. It doesn't say like, oh, you have to speak about James yeah. Winston being MVP. I mean, you have to speak things. It says the tongue brings life or death. You have to speak things into existence. <laughs> so I'm speaking things into existence. James Winston will win the MVP. Did you ever get any concussions when you played? No, I didn't. No. Wow, that's awesome, Scott. I mean, you know, I don't get hit like that, man. You when never... have you ever seen me take a big hit when I, I play? Usually, it was like when you would. Jump up high for like a pass in the end zone and just land on your back. Like the hardest hits you would take were no, like I told my groin like that. Was the game? Was the game against Arkansas? Or? No, it was in practice before the first home game, and I tore my groin like. Oh, that. so this was your sophomore year where you had to? No, this was. You played on it. Yeah. Golly, that's painful. Oh, it was definitely painful. I couldn't. I could barely walk. Yeah, I pulled my groin playing flag football once, and I was like on the shelf, and you're yeah. out there playing and. Hey man, Will Lutz torn groin. Yeah, that's rough. It's 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 not fun. The Saints plus he's the kicker. Right. It's like it's not like oh well, he hurt his his shoulder and he mm-hmm. just needs a surgery. You hurt your groin as a kicker. You're you're gonna miss some time. Oh, definitely. I'm worried this is gonna cost the Saints. Think about how they've come out of the gate. Even in the last four years, yeah. when they've won the division title. Think about the how they are not their team. Best record in October in the NFL over the last five years. By a lot. No, you're right. First month, right. not really. You know, it's a couple games above 500. And then the, a lot of the ones they win, James, as you remember, it's like, mm-hmm. oof, by the skin of their teeth. Now, who knows who you're going to roll out there as kicker if you do it. And this is a season where the margin for error is super slim because while you think they're winning the Super Bowl and Jameis Winston's winning MVP and that's 100% the fan in you talking, I don't think they're going to have a winning record. That's not the fan in me talking. That's me knowing football and knowing that Jameis Winston's going to win the MVP. I'm not – okay, yeah, you're right. But really think about it, Scott. I mean, what kickers do they have available? What you do is you you, you, you go and get some – veteran jabroni you bring him into camp but you wait until baltimore releases the kicker on their roster because they always have that's how you got will lutz they always have a they always have a great kicker in camp but they never keep him because they have the best kicker in football right so they've got this verity jake verity or something like that out of east oh he's booming like 60 plus yarders just messing around in the preseason so you just wait they cut him you bring him in you sign him, and then you just worry about what to do with Will Lutz when he comes back. Problem is, other teams are probably caught on. Someone else is probably going to yeah. try to sign him, and then he's going to be like, well, I don't really want to go to New Orleans because they have this other kicker that's eventually going to come back who they have right. under contract, and he, they're paying him a lot of money. So, yeah. Where's Brett Bear at? Where is he at? I don't, I don't know. Let's give him a call and see if he'll go do it. He was in the Rams camp. It's It's got – that's a – you break in as a kicker or punter. If like It's one thing if you're like one of the best of the best. Or if you get drafted. Yeah. If you're like 90% of the other kickers and punters in the league, man, so much of it is about timing and just seizing the moment. Yeah. And once you get in, boy, hold on to it, man. Because Brett, Brett could have kicked in the NFL, but it's like. Definitely. It's not like there's a ton of roster spots available for that position. But, so, well, there's no veteran kickers out there that. We could just go and be like, you know, they just went and signed one, and then they cut him like the next, you know, couple days later. And Brett Maher. I mean, you seen what he was doing, Scott? Come on, man. ESPN fourteen twenty. All right, here's what we're gonna do. I I feel like I'm. We're gonna talk college football a little later. James accuses me of being a little too pessimistic, antagonistic, and I take exception to that second one because I'm not. 
I mean, I'm a friendly guy. But he just thinks, like, my outlook is bad. He always thinks I'm setting him up, which I would never do. I'm his friend. You definitely did that. I'm his friend. We're going to bring in, so Maddie Hudak, she writes for the Saints Wire, author for USA Today Saints Wire. She does some radio for ESPN 100.3 in New Orleans. She's been out of camp. She's been covering this team. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to, we're, we're going to bring her on in the next segment, and you can, you can ask her whatever you want about the team, and you can ask her, I want you to ask her, am I being completely out of line for thinking Jameis Winston is going to be MVP? And then it won't be my reaction, it'll be someone else's. So basically you're trying to set me up. <laughs> No, I'm, that's what you just said. Y'all hearing this, right? You up? So basically, you want me to ask her that so she can to, laugh. Why would she laugh and embarrass me again? Why would on, she laugh? Okay, I'm asking. I'm asking. I don't know if she would laugh. She might agree with you. I have no idea. I've okay. only had her on the show one time. She was supposed to come on the show yesterday, and she texted me after. Was like, I'm sorry, I was a little under the weather. I apologize. I was like, that's all right. I'm, I'm going to be talking to this, you know, this great guy who I respect a lot who's a great mind for football, who somehow thinks Jameis Winston's going to be the MVP You told year. her that? No, 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 no. That's what That was my thinking. Okay. I haven't right. talked to her. Well, I'm my exit. Okay. All right. All right. ESPN1420.com. As we get serious. I'm, I'm not too bright. Leave me alone, Scott. Leave me alone, man. I'm not doing it. It's the Beastie Boys. Relax. Beastie Boys, and I would, I, I wouldn't even ask you to try to name. I'm not, I'm is. not, I'm not saying anything. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Scott Prather, James Butler, great Scott show. Matty Hudak joins us next on ESPN fourteen twenty. Great Scott Show, the great sports callers, open think tank, Scott Prather, James Butler, former Raging Cajun, former Green Bay Packer wide receiver. Nice, upstanding gentleman that thinks he can just walk onto the Saints roster right now and play tight end. I would support you 100%. The way you support as a friend. Music I didn't do that. I, <clears throat> this is ridiculous. All right, you let's support me in that way. Let's. Yeah, I introduced you to some great music. Did so you're, you support you're welcome. me when I said I'm gonna drop a song to put on the show and you laugh on the radio? Oh, when you Did said you, you were good, if you said if I release the song when you play it on the radio, but is that support if you laugh at it though? I mean, if sometimes that you need that from those that love you, you don't you don't want yes men. If it's a great song, I'll tell you, miss. That's awesome. like me meeting you outside and saying, hey, Scott, I'm really going to try to play tanning for the Saints, and you laugh in my face. That's not support. Laugh. I wouldn't laugh. If you were actually trying out for the team, I wouldn't laugh. I was your biggest supporter. I mean, Green Bay screwed up when they didn't put you on the roster. I, I believe so. I do, too, and I'm not laughing. <laughs> You're the one laughing. I'm serious. Let's see, bring... man, I like how you flip this. Like, you make it seem <laughs> flip like, what? Make it seem like you're on my side. On, I'm always here, on your side. Maddie Hudak is uh, with us now, our next guest. Maddie is, uh, you, you, you can hear with our good friend Gus Cattengill a lot at ESP 100.3 in New Orleans. Reader's stuff over at the Saints Wire 
author for USA Today, Saints Wire, Maddie Hudak underscore 94. And um, James, I like to tell her with a last name that's pronounced Hudak, it's only fitting that she right. covers the Saints, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> Good morning, Maddie. How are you? <laughs> Good morning. I'm I'm doing okay. Uh, voice is a little uh, in and out, but we are going to keep rolling. <laughs> now I have to ask you something non-football related. Um, what what is your favorite Beastie Boys oh song of all God, time? This man here. Do you have one, or do you not really know the Beastie Boys? I, I do, but like, but it's one of those things that now all of the song names are absolutely evading me. Let's see. Man, I, I do like No Sleep Till Brooklyn. I'll oh, there you go. Okay. All right. No, that's a, that's an old classic from their first album. Take <laughs> no Your Runs is also a good one. There you oh. go. But, you know, James James got a lot of grief from ladies and coworkers. Um, the fine, you know, ladies and gentlemen protecting us uh, along our highways, interstates, and other places because – I was playing past the mic a few weeks ago, which is probably my favorite Beastie Boys song ever. And James, coming out of a break, kind of started bobbing his head to this. And then he, he, I, you know, I noticed that he was liking it. And I said, oh, you know, you know this. Because I was, you know, I was like excited. It was like, oh, he likes this song. And he's like, is that, is that easy? And I, I, I was like, excuse me? Maddie, why you got to laugh? Maddie, <laughs> listen, can I explain myself? Can I explain myself, please? I was on. I, do, I also like it. I was on the phone, okay, and he was playing it, and I was bowing my head to it because I was listening to the beat. I was not listening to the words. It started to fade out, and he asked me, "Do you know who that is?" So I listened, and it kind of sounded like Easy E from the disc, you know, from from you. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, sure. And I was like, "That's who it was." And then so he set me up, and now everyone's laughing at me. And, and you know, now you're laughing at me. So I guess. I mean, I it's know. it's 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 funny, James. I mean, sometimes you just gotta laugh to keep from crying. I heard like two seconds of it, man. <laughs> two seconds. Hey, of it. you know, beats can be deceiving. That's right. That's right. But they. But the thing is, it wasn't just a beat. Like, MCA was singing. Like, MCA, listen. I mean, it's a good song. It's a great beat, but it does not you know sound like Easy E. You know what? The fact that you have a song in mind that it sounded like. No, that's a good question. <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay, well, just, fair enough. Know. See, y'all. See, I don't know why y'all doing this to me, man. Like, I, I really just. <laughs> you know what? I, I wasn't even <laughs> gonna. Yeah, here, here's the thing. I it, it came and it went, and I I didn't want to make them. This is the, now. I'm being 100 percent serious. This is honestly got truth. It came and went, <laughs> and in my head, if I'm being honest, James, I was I kind of like laughed a little in my head, like I can't believe he said that. But I didn't I didn't make a thing of it because it was like you know we're moving on. We're talking sports. He wanted to talk about the Saints. He went to complain about the Pelicans. What's new? That's what he does. <laughs> and and then and then when I saw him. This morning, he's like, man, my coworkers and friends listen, and they've been giving me so much <laughs> grief about, about the music thing. And oh so he made the mistake of telling me that, and now it's, you know, it's kind of been the theme of this morning's show so far. So anyway, we're going we're gonna to talk Saints. But Maddie Hudak is our guest. Um, and and I, I wanted to give James an opportunity because he's – you know, as a former receiver, he, he was breaking down the preseason game and he was talking about Taysom and Jameis and really some spot-on points, film study. And then the fan in him comes out and he's like, but Jameis is going to win MVP this year. And he, like, sincerely believes it. So I 
I, you know, I, I smiled and laughed and he, he got upset. And so I apologize. But what, <laughs> what do you make of his stance of Jameis Winston, the MVP? Uh, well, I'm still, you know, uh, waiting on the Drew Brees MVP that never came to fruition. So my, my confidence in his potential one of two successors winning it in, in a year uh, would be take a lot for me. Um, I thought that, you know, Winston's last drive in that preseason game was, was very much NFL quarterback at its best. But outside of that, I'm not sure if his first three drives necessarily spelled out MVP for me. So did it spell out any, you know, the takeaway and what I've read a lot of and, and many columnists and people that I respect to cover this team feel like no one really separated themselves in that quarterback competition. Who do you feel like has the edge right now and ultimately will start week one against Green Bay? Ah, uh, So I, it's funny that you say that because I've actually seen the majority of, of uh, takes be kind of that this competition should should end and it should kind of go to Jameis Winston. Uh, I, I'm probably a bigger Taysom Hill supporter than the average person. So in full of that, um, I, I still do think it, it's too even to call. And my only reason for that is that I want to see Jameis Winston have a chance to, you know, a first string defense and, and test the cornerbacks that, you know, Marquez Callaway was being covered. Uh, Patrick Queen was responsible for a lot of the stuffing in the running game and that sack on Taysom and their run defense in that first quarter was, was pretty staunch. And without a run game, you really can't get much of a passing game going. And I thought that Winston, you know, benefited much more from Tony Jones Jr. kind of unsurprisingly breaking through finally with those 28-yard and 17-yard runs. And only after those runs, including his touchdown run, uh, did, did Winston have that final drive where he was able to actually have some success in the pass, passing game? And also to note, uh, they did go over two-minute drills in training camp quite a bit that week. And if I'm correct, I don't think Hill ran one. And I think Winston did in, in you know preparation for – last week's game. So I want to see Taysom Hill run a two-minute drill, and I want to see Jameis Winston against a first-string defense before I make any you know, judgment calls either way. Do you feel like moving forward, Jameis gets to start next Monday and Taysom's the second guy off, and then maybe like, is a decision made after that, right? Or is this thing going to get dragged out all the way till week one? It worries me because of of kind of what we saw in that first game, and in, in that you know Taysom's first series, they had, they rushed for three yards. Um, he and then you know that second drive was really just bad on his end. But the series after that, there were two runs for no gain, and so you know when you don't have the starting tackles out there, and you know the second and presumably third string running back in Devonta Freeman can't really break through that makes it really difficult for a quarterback to get something going. So it really just depends on whether or not they're able to get that going in that second game and give, you know, I either starting quarterback kind of a chance to break away from this. But I, I am getting a little worried, Scott, that with the shortened preseason, uh, the, the Saints might have, you know, more information to make a more informed decision, but we as fans might be a little more uh, in, in the dark than we would, you know, want to be. Uh, going into week one, but I, I do just think this is a very too close to call race. Okay. 
first, I just want to say I don't appreciate you laughing at me about the whole Beastie Boys thing. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> throwing it out there. Um, but I, I want to ask, you know, all biases aside, which quarterback you think gives us the best chance to win? Do you want me to be fully delusional here? <laughs> well, I, I get called delusional a lot on yeah, this show. Yeah, so, so. I thought you were going to say from one to the other. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, I have to see a lot from both quarterbacks in next week's game to feel a lot more confident about this. My slightly unpopular take is that if this needle doesn't move at all, uh, I, I've been the most impressed by Ian Book through training camp, to be quite honest with you, and it wasn't really something I was expecting to be impressed by. I, I'm not necessarily saying that he's going to be starting week one, but for not having much really out there in terms of, of receivers and everything at that point, uh, I thought that he showed a lot of poise for a rookie in that first preseason game, and he made some bad decisions, but if you want someone that has those intangibles, the person that I've seen in training camp putting that extra work in, going through reps with the quarterback coach, tracking down receivers, and going over plays over and over, it's been Ian Book, and it really hasn't been Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill, which has been a little bit of a disappointment for me in camp. So my, that's you know my slightly losing my mind take is that if neither of them really are able to get this going and – I just said, you know, that a running game can stifle an offense, but at the same time, Taysom Hill has legs, and there should have been a point to me where he recognized that he should be able to take off unless he's been explicitly advised not to. And to me, you know, Winston needs to get it going before his fourth drive on the field uh, in a two-minute drill that they've already kind of practiced going down the field in that fashion. So, both of them really need to kind of step outside the box for me, and I don't really know how to you know, make that a tangible sentence, but I, I just, I don't know. I saw more poise and, and knowledge of when the play has died versus the, the first two of them who are really trying to make plays happen, and I know that they're trying to win this role, but sometimes the right call is to throw it away and not take a sack, and both of them fell victim to that, that yeah. in last week's game. ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather, James Butler, co-hosting with me this morning. We're visiting with Maddie Hudak at MaddieHudak underscore 94 on Twitter. You can see her uh, write-up of the quarterback analysis and the offense from Saturday's preseason opener over at uh, saintswire.usatoday.com, or she puts out her, uh, her great material over there on her Twitter page if you just want to Give her a follow over there and uh, and check her stuff out there. So what in your mind, Maddie, and obviously it's subject to change. I know there's still a long ways to go before the start of the season, but what do you think is going to be the biggest strength on this team this year? And conversely, what do you think will be the biggest weakness? I'm very surprised to say that linebacker to me looking like their biggest strength, which is kind of mystifying because mm-hmm. the Saints have been largely unsuccessful, you know, Finding linebackers in the draft, they tend to find them more through free agency, like Mario Davis and, and I, you know, I suppose, the trade and, and Quan Alexander initially. Uh, but Zach Bond, he, he's been impressive in camp, and he's looked bigger. And he, to me, was this, you know, kind of the bell of the ball on Saturday. Um, but we didn't really get a chance to see Pete Werner, who has been extremely impressive, uh, it's stopping the run as well in camp, which was kind of a concern after, you know, that, uh, you know, defensive tackle position kind of seeing a uh, 
mass exodus. So from everything we've seen from that position, there's only, almost you know, too many options there. Um, and I would have said cornerback, but I've been high on Paulson Adebo, and I, he really you know, showed his worth in, in that game. So uh, I kind of have to say wide receivers at this point based on what we saw past Marquez Callaway in that game. Um, I don't think either quarterback was done either favors uh, by that receiving corp. Uh, but actually, you know, if, if that running back group looks the way it does a second time, they might kind of take over for me as the most alarming group um, in knowledge that Alvin Kamara, you know, is still off of the field, but might be used more as a receiver, you know, if the receivers aren't able to get it together. So Kamara might be the tipping point for me and which side of that is a weakness depending on how they use him. ESPN 1420, you mentioned linebacker. I mean, I think Zach Bond to me was the biggest, um, <laughs> most positive takeaway because I, it wasn't even like, I was just looking at him as like nothing, like a non-factor. Yeah. Like he wasn't even, you mm-hmm. looked, it's not like you looked at Bond last year and was like, oh, he was awful. It was like, no, he couldn't even really get on the field. Now, you know, talking to Mike Dettelier earlier this week, he pointed out, look, Bond has played multiple positions pretty much throughout his life. He hasn't been able to consistently play in one spot. They move him over to week, and it just – I think his burst, his acceleration is what was most impressive to me. Right. I was like, God, he goes from zero to 60 like that, hitting the holes. He was good in coverage. I, yes, preseason, all that aside, I don't I don't take a lot out of preseason other than individual performances. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I don't care about who won, lost. Individual performances and who are they going up against. So being that the expectation level was so low for Zach Bond – um, and like you, outside of Demario Davis, I know like both of you guys, outside of Demario Davis, I was looking at Saints linebackers like, oof, yeah. I mean, this is going to be rough. <laughs> so, um, you know, at some point we'll see Pete Warner. You know, Quan, if he's healthy, what he can do, and he still has a ways to go to get there. But Bond to me was just, I, I feel very different about the linebacker spot like you, Maddie, than I did a week ago at this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, I had actually seen him uh, – in, in the COVID trailer uh, a week prior to training camp when I was doing some Pelican stuff at the facility, and I couldn't tell if it was an optical illusion because it was a very small trailer. But one of the things with Bond was that he was kind of, you know, an undersized linebacker. The first time they'd really deviated from that prototype at the position, and I think he, you know, more than a lot of others, got really, uh, for lack of a better term, screwed by you no know, preseason and, and a very – uh, disjointed training camp of, you know, whatever it was last year. Uh, I think his growth in particular was stunted by that, but I know they also wanted him to get a little bigger uh, to actually be able to, you know, be out there as an every down linebacker versus when they bring on, you know, to kind of blitz off the edge like he did in college. So it seems like they had a vision for him that just wasn't able to be put in place at all last year, but everything that he's done so far, and, and I'm with you in the preseason where I, I really don't care about the score. I don't know why. That's something we go over when it's, you know, third and fourth string players for largely the second half of the entire game. Uh, but like you, I, I'm looking for those individuals. And between Zach Bond and Paul Sinadibo, uh, I thought that they really kind of, despite being noticed, and particularly cornerback, that they actually have been able to develop some talent at those positions uh, more than they, you know, may have been able to in past years. Maddie, we know um we know what's going on with Michael Thomas and that whole situation, and I heard you speak about the receivers um earlier. Besides Marquez Callaway, who would you say is the biggest surprise? Like who's stepping up, and who's your biggest disappointment? 
Hmm. Uh, you know, Jawan Johnson, I would say, would be my biggest surprise. Uh, he has kind of assimilated in, in the tight end role really seamlessly, and he's you know, got the blocking down, and he has made some good catches in camp and was a good target uh, for a lot of those guys out there. In terms of disappointment, uh, this might not be fair, and it's probably, you know, one-snap judgment, but just from what we saw in camp, I thought Chris Hogan was going to be a lot more of a veteran presence out there. Uh, it might have just been, the you know, the way that they had the depth chart and that by the time he was out there, there wasn't, you know, much for him to get open for, but I was expecting a little more from him in terms of consistency for these quarterbacks because losing Michael Thomas, you lose that consistency at receiver, which is very critical when you're, you know, having a quarterback competition between two guys who respectively need development uh, in some areas that would be really aided by a very reliable receiver. Uh, so I'm hoping that, at, you know, in this next game, we can at least start to see someone in that group emerge as the potential number two behind, you know, Marcus Callaway and, and then eventually Deonta Harris, uh, who, you know, we're all kind of expecting to see a short suspension for. Matty Hudak has been our guest. You can follow her on Twitter at Matty Hudak underscore nine four. Before we wrap this thing up, I wanted to give Matty an opportunity and James an opportunity. James Butler, former Rage Cajun Packers wide receiver, a, a state trooper. Matty doing a great job covering the Saints for the Saints Wire and doing a great job on ESPN 100.3. Whether either of you have a, a question for the other. If, James, yours might be football-related. Matty, yours might be a, a music question or a, Gosh, a question about, let it go, about being a state trooper, or it might be a football question as a, a former football player like James. So I just wanted to give you guys an opportunity to end this segment with a question for one another. Okay, and, and James, you were a wide receiver, is that correct? Yes, I am. Okay, so... Then, kind of to put that last question back towards you, if you're looking past Marquez Callaway, uh, what do you see? Either any traits, be it be it physical, be it footwork, uh, anything that you saw in that first game that might be able to illuminate who could kind of grow into a better role uh, once you know to get regular season reps in. Um, I think like you, um, Hogan really disappointed me, specifically mm-hmm. because I kept hearing reports about him consistently getting open. And the targets and just it, it really didn't match up from what I was hearing. Like I said, I'm not out there every day, so I don't really know what's going on. Um, Marquez Callaway shined, and I, I knew that from I, – I, I liked him last year, to be honest. I knew he could potentially be the number two receiver behind Michael Thomas. So when Michael Thomas was hurt, I remember last time I was on the show with you, I said, I'm not worried because I think Callaway will be able to step up. You, you've been high on Callaway like nonstop for the last uh, because you know like I, I really like the way you play. I no, really like the way you credit. He's really I know that's, that's rare for you to do. You know that's very you rare for you to give him credit. credit, James. Um, and I, I really like him, and I think that he's really going to emerge. Which, like I told you before, it's kind of bittersweet because I'm trying to draft him in fantasy football, and I know he's going <laughs> to go high up on the. On the charts. Um, my disappointment, I know he's hurt, but it's been Traquan Smith, honestly. Like, I thought this yeah. was his opportunity to really make his case to, you know, really emerge himself as a number one receiver. And it's like, even before he was hurt, I was skeptical about it. But now that he's mm-hmm. not even on the field, it's making me even more down on it. So, um, that's pretty much it for me. Uh, also, I added you on Twitter. I only have like 87 followers, so I need you to go ahead. I, I, 
Yeah, well, his, they could yeah, and his and your account's like set up. You know, it's it's like a private account. Yeah, so uh, so not anybody can follow James. Also, I have to un, I have to make it not private so I can get followers. That's that's well, it. you know, you, I don't think. Are you trying to get followers? You want yeah, people? Man, you want people hitting you up about Easy E and the Beastie Boys? See, I knew. See, <laughs> Matt, you know what? This is just this has been going on all day. Listen, I'm an Easy E fan, so you got me there. At least, uh, yeah, but. he's great. He's a legend. So with the Beastie Boys, and we're talking about Hall of Famers here. I mean, I'm I don't think any. Anyone's questioning the greatness of any of the artists. Oh my gosh. So is is that the protocol for getting followers? You have to because I just want to talk sports back and forth with people, you know. And like, I just people, I are, people are like, this guy doesn't want he didn't want anyone following him. Yeah, you know, so I mean and, uh, you just need to go get an old video of like practice of Rogers throwing you the ball, and then people will assume, like, oh God, he talked. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna <laughs> share some tea about Rogers or something. We gotta follow him. When he, when and then they the- and then they get disappointed when they realize Oh, this is just a super fan account for the Pelicans and Saints. Um, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> that, that's weird, though. That's weird. Like, like I thought it was gonna be Aaron Rodgers stuff. Here's here's James, you know, <laughs> getting mad at David Griffin and you know celebrating Josh Hart and all that good stuff. I I, I do the same thing, James. Yeah, you know, or maybe yeah. when Aaron Rodgers threw me that no look pass. Remember I told you about that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, man. Share that one real quick before we wrap up the segment. Um, uh, so we were on a two yard line. And mm-hmm. it was a rollout for some. I, I don't want to say it was a rollout. Maybe he just scrambled right. So Devontae Adams was the outside receiver. I was in the slot, and mm-hmm. Devontae Adams kind of had like a a deep dig, and I had an out route. And so I run the out route, and Aaron Rodgers is rolling to my side. So naturally, I'm thinking he hasn't thrown the ball yet because someone is close to me. So I have to give him space to make this throw, maybe to the outside so I can reach out and get it. But the whole time he's not looking at me. And I'm confused because I'm like, you rolling to my side. I, I know I'm the only receiver close to you. Why are you not just just throw it anywhere to where I can get it? I know someone's around me. I don't want to look and see and turn my head and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden he throw it and I'm not looking at the ball. So I'm like, dude, just throw it. And he's not, he don't, he don't make eye contact. He's not looking at me. And I'm I'm just rolling with him. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And all of a sudden, he throws it. Not looking at me one time, he throws it and hits me right in my chest. I caught it. But wow. after that, I was like, this dude is on another level. I don't even know. And uh, Alonzo Harris, our running back, that he went to UL with me. He was at Green Bay. He told me, he was like, I told you, you got to be ready at all times. And I was just, I was, at, at that point, I was just. Ball's coming in hot. I was like, man, this is the craziest thing I've ever experienced. Good stuff. Maddie, wow. we appreciate you uh, coming on the show this morning. Everybody listening, go give her a follow at Maddie Hudak underscore nine four. Check out her stuff over at the Saints Wire and more. Um, I know we didn't get to do it yesterday, but uh, it worked out better because this morning, you know, you got to, you got to get the James Butler experience, which is. You just never know. You never know what's coming with it. It's one of the reasons I love having him on. I have no idea where the show's going to go. <laughs> and Maddie, follow me back because so I only have 87 followers. All right, she'll be your 88th follower? I will yeah. follow you back, of course. I only have 87 followers. And, you know, every time I post stuff about sports, Scott don't never reply. That's how I know he's really not my friend because he don't never true. respond. It's because I have three kids that are six i don't he people get respond. in the mentions i'm like I, I don't have time to get into this back and forth you know oh, I, I add him about people stuff without kids don't have time for it <laughs> with you but uh, but you know i'm like sometimes i add him at stuff he don't respond he don't like none of my tweets that's not true sometimes that's i throw true. things out on twitter just so he can purposely so he can respond he doesn't 
That's not true. You know, and and this is this is what's going on. That's not true, so. man. Uh, you text me, you tweet me. I'm a sure shot. You got it. All and then the he's gonna play the Beastie Boys <laughs> to roll out every just time. Just so he can make a joke about it. So Maddie, I can't thanks myself. again. All the best. All right. <laughs> Thank you, guys. All right. All right. Great stuff Thanks, from Maddie. Maddie Hudak. That is James Butler. I'm Scott Prather. More of the great coming up next. He's all heart. James thrilled about Josh Hart coming back to the Pels. we got to talk some Cajun football as well. Little LSU football, college football, but we're having fun. I'm Scott. That's James. Don't go anywhere. It's ESPN1420.com. Of all the passes James Butler's ever caught, what's – difference between catching a pass from Aaron Rodgers and, say, any other quarterback whenever it hits the hands. Find out next at ESPN Welcome back into the great Scott show, ESPN 1420 KPEL Lafayette. Deep into the 8 o'clock hour now. Big thanks to uh, Matty Hudak. That was fun. James Butler's hanging out with me this morning. Due to James's schedule, um, we have to pre-record a lot of things at times, and so we're not able to have his open phone lines as, as often as we'd like. For that, we apologize. But, um, man. Your schedule. I know you work hard. Uh, I know, um, you know, I respect the work you guys do in your profession. Um, you ever sometimes in your job as a state trooper, something will happen and it, like, makes you think of, fo- like, your football instincts kick in? That's a good question. It, it'll be little things, like the heat <laughs> and stuff like that. And... Like, you know, how hot it gets and it's like you're outside and you hear other people complain about how hot it is and you have me that's there like, man, you just don't know. I was out there with a helmet and shoulder pads on it when it was 100 degrees outside. So, But, you know, the the vest can get a little, you know, bulky. It and it's, it's You know, it's hot. So I can understand that. But that that's probably the main thing that I think about. It's like it's nothing that I've never experienced before. The um, by the way, Maddie uh, just told us she's like Traquan back at practice, you know, the other day. So that's good. So you know, we'll see if he can get back on the field and do something. Sorry, um, it's hot out there. But to your point, the heat—that's when it kind of comes back to you. Uh, the rest of it, though, not so much. Not so much, no, because it's two totally different things. It's like football is—it's so physical, 
And I'm not saying that being a state trooper can't get physical because it can, but it's not like that all the time. And when it does, it's not like you're excited about it. No, it's it's, it's, it's not stressful. It's at all. kind right. of scary. It's not like oh, I get to go get some contact. It's right. Like, I would rather not have to do this. Yeah. So it's 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 totally different. Like I said, the main thing that makes me think about it is the heat and you know having to do different things. You know, with the weather because you know rain, sleet, you know snow hot outside we're out and it's kind of the same with football unless it's like a thunderstorm or something like that so that's mainly the what it is the weather when you were in camp with the Packers catching balls from Aaron Rodgers you told the story in the last segment that was great what the way he throws the ball like how does it you don't have to name you you played high school you played college you caught so many balls in your life practice reps in game reps it's like you have to compare it it's Rodgers but catching a ball from him compared to another quarterback what is what does it feel like in the hands how would you describe it does it just hit different can you just tell as a receiver like this is a hold I'm just this uh, there's nothing quite like this definitely um it definitely has a lot more velocity than anything it's you know you have to get used to it because I'll be honest I think my career at UL I pride myself on catching passes with my hands you know having great hands but over there, you kind of have to get used to that because it's like you're used to a pass coming a certain kind of way for so many years, you think you're going to be able to just catch it, but you really have to focus on catching it because if not, I'm telling you, it comes with so much velocity, it's going to go through your hands. It's going to be a drop pass. So every now and then you have to trap it with your chest if it's coming Oh, definitely. Too high. That's why you see a That's lot of That's why when he gave you the note look, you caught it with your chest. I had to because I didn't even know. It was like, and then it came so fast. It's like, how in the world did you not look at me and accurately throw a pass with so much velocity at my chest? I never understand. ESPN fourteen twenty. Um, all right, Pelicans. Josh Hart coming back has agreed to a three year deal, thirty eight mil. A lot of folks figured Najee Marshall, Josh Hart. He'll you know he'll probably be part of a sign and trade. He won't be back. He is back. Um, I. I've written about Josh Hart. I've talked about Josh Hart. I love Josh Hart. I'm good with it. I know the Najee Marshall. Well, he can do some of the same things. Hart, be based on how he plays, it does lend itself to potential injury. It's a little bit of a higher risk, and yet you can't take that away from him because that's what makes him great. I mean, the only guard that had more rebounds per game last year than Josh Hart was Russell Westbrook. That was it. Um, Guy embraced the franchise and city as soon as he got there. Plays his tail off. I mean, that's the kind of person you want in the organization. Definitely. I definitely didn't want Josh Hart to leave because, like you, I enjoy the way he plays. And um, I wouldn't say he's a fan favorite, but he's definitely my favorite player. I think I, I think he is. I th- he's my favorite player on the team, to be honest. I, I think he is a fan favorite. I think, um, you know, he's not going to sell, like, jerseys the way Ingram or Zion or right. something like that will, but – if you talk to like people that really just love the team, that like they're they're they all love Josh Hart because there's right. some you know Pelicans fans are so used to just rejection and all yeah. people saying bad things about it. I mean, it's like really Devontae Graham. Then he just does a quick video and talks about how excited he is to mm-hmm. go to New Orleans. People are like, oh yeah, yeah. Devontae Graham, yeah. You yeah. Know? <laughs> but that, but that's what I meant. I meant as far as like jersey sales and yeah. the face of the yeah. team. I He's not that. you know. But I man, like you said, he he definitely plays hard, and that's what I like about him. And he's not afraid to shoot, and that's what I like about him too. And um, I'm excited about it because I want him to keep that young core together as much as possible. I'm still kind of salty about 
Lonzo leaving. But I think the young core that we have, I think we'll be able to make some noise. I just, I, Griffin just, he's got to, he's got to get it together, man. Like you, you know, you, okay. So you got Graham for much less. So you have this money and you have this straight exception that you can now take on and all this other stuff. But it's like, you got to do something with it. Make the trade for Buddy Heald. Do it. Yeah, do something. I don't know why Bring that hasn't in the, happened yet. You know, he's statistically one of the greatest three-point shooters in history, just statistically. I'm not saying he is. But imagine the amount of wide-open threes he would get in a yes. Pelicans offense. So what's the holdup? Yeah, exactly. have- no, Griff, get him on the phone. He won't come on the show. He keeps denying my calls. Yeah, I bet. Because you're probably going to play the Beastie Boys or whatever. You're going to put him through that whole thing. He would, he would come up with some tagline like, you know how David Griffin talks? He'd be yeah. like, the the musical escapades they used to fuel the energy within their family environment, and the three of them were a family, is what we're building here, both organically right. and on the outside. But what you don't see on the outside is that as a unit and a family, our guys are completely bought in, and what we're building here is special. And I can't expect everyone on the outside to totally see what we're doing, but it illustrates the very... Yes, that's I'm him. Just, I'm just... That's him. He talks so much that eventually you kind of lose track. You're like, wait, what? What? So what who we got? So who saying? we got? Uh, not enough. We got Lewis at the one. We got NAW at the two. Bi at the three. Zoe at the. F- I mean, Zion, Zion at, at the, the four, four and Jonas Valanciunas yeah, at the that's five. That's not bad. It's it, you. You haven't seen enough of Nall and Kira in a starting lineup. Um, Hart might end up having to start. You, I no. I mean, I at think, the two. I think Grant. I think Grant might start. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. I think Graham might start. Um, I just think you need another. You just need more offense. You need another shooter. Um, we need her, we need Hill and another big. In my opinion, because yeah. we don't know what's gonna happen with Jackson Hayes. Is he back? Yeah. You got you got Hernan Gomez coming back. He's he's a hustle guy. You know, he's a hustle guy. But Hayes Hayes Hayes. I'm sure he'll 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 be he'll be playing. I know he got the okay. arrest and the video and all that stuff, yeah. but he'll he'll be playing. He'll be playing. I think we. I just think we need another big. No, they need a lot. Like a big that can shoot, that can kind of space just it out for Zion. Get a three point shooter. Just go trade for Heald. I mean, you got you got it. So who who space. you want to trade? I don't know. You've got all these assets that you wasted. I mean, trade. Figure it out. Trade some assets. Trade some players. Figure it out. Bring them in. Would you trade NAW for Heald? For Heald? Yeah. Yeah. N-A-W? I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to. But I. But yes. NAW and some picks for here. Would you take that? Yeah. Because I think, I just think it makes you that much better right now. I don't like trading no, but it's not, I mean, you can't, too often fans will do this exercise like, no, can't give up. I mean, you got to yeah. give up something to get yeah, something you do. good. You do. And you could have utilized some sign and trades because apparently Sacramento's been on the phone. They've been looking to move them. Like, so you got a lot of assets, make something happen, move it, do something, but. I don't know what's going to happen, man. I mean, some of it felt. I think it's. I think it's harder now with, with Hart signing. I'm glad Hart's back, but a lot of folks looked at that as a sign and trade that would eventually work yeah. toward getting him there. You know, Hart picks some other stuff, and so that's off the table. So I don't know if it's going to happen. I just saw Heald sitting courtside watching Pelican summer league games yeah. when they weren't playing Sacramento, and I was like, oh, what, uh, what's what's, yeah, what's right. this right here? Right. Look at right. this. Right. We'll give y'all Gomez and. Um, well, I don't think you could trade him because he just signed it. Yeah, I know, but we're still getting <laughs> Look at James. He's like, I'm not, I'm not worried about this. the rules. This is my exercise. <laughs> this is my world. Nah, we'll give y'all a Gomez. Let me do it. We'll give y'all a Gomez, and we'll give y'all 
NAW, and you give us Hill in a first-round pick, and we'll take it. ESPN1420.com. Scott Prather, James Butler. Um, Raging Cajuns, Levi Lewis, being that he's the quarterback, being that he is five years in now of with playing time every single one of those years, a lot of starts, being that the expectations are as high as they've ever been, they're ranked mm-hmm. 23 in both polls. Taking everything into account, in terms of players with the most pressure on them this year, is Levi the guy at the top of the list? As far as in the in the Cajuns? Um, yeah, on the Cajuns. Yeah, it, it, it has to be him because he's the leader of the team and he has so many starts. So some of those mistakes that you see, he's not going to be exempt from because it's like, dude, you've been playing for five years. Like, if anything, he should lead us to be much higher than 23. And I know that's a lot of pressure on him because – we're here. We're here in, in part because of his play and what he's doing. And so, the coaches, they, they, I mean, they, they praise him all the time. I mean, he's he's really good. He's really good, but he does have pressure on him. Though. As a former receiver yourself, you were, you know, talking the story about Aaron Rodgers and everything. You play with a couple different quarterbacks at UL. The continuity between quarterback and receiver. Do we overstate or understate that in the media? How important you have reps and timing with a guy? Because I always talk about how big it is. I, I bring up, listen, you look at Levi and, and sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, sometimes last year the offense could get stuck in neutral before they could get going again. And I was like, you had so many receivers that didn't have experience because mm-hmm. of injuries and because Jamarcus Bradley was gone and you had these young guys that right. just got there. Now you've got, I mean, Tim Leger says we got 16 guys that can play. We're only going to be able to bring seven on the road. Right. A lot of it's going to depend on how good they are on special teams. But the point is now you've got a lot more reps with these receivers and a lot more experience. How much can that, I feel like it's going to improve Levi's play this year. Am I overstating it? Is that something that we overstate in the media as a guy that used to play? Do you feel like, look, you don't need a ton of continuity. Either you can or you can't. See, my my situation with that is a little bit different because I don't know if you remember or not, but I was the number two receiver on these UR teams. Jamal Robinson was number one. So I remember when uh, we looked at the targets, Jamal had 80. And I had 40. Then you look at it, Jamal and Broadway were best friends. So it's like, you know, and not, not to say that me and Broadway weren't close. We just weren't as close as Jamal and, and, and he was. So um, once Jamal got hurt, me and Broadway still weren't the best of friends. We were cool. Like I said, you know, it wasn't no nothing bad. But we were still, you know, we weren't the best of friends. But I we started to build that kind of, like you said, to just, you know, have our timing down and stuff like that. So I think that is important for a quarterback to trust you. It's not necessarily, you know, I think it's a situation, like you said, is either you have it or you don't because I was in that position where me and him didn't have, like, the greatest relationship. But once Jamal went down, he had to trust me to be where I needed to be. It wouldn't matter what, you know, third and 10, I'm not trying to go anywhere else, but throw it to James. I'm not looking nowhere else. So I think that's that's the big part of it. He has to trust those receivers that he's going to rather than having like a, a relationship with him or time and anything like that. I think it's trust. You know? It's interesting. Well, just having more time with 
those guys because last year you didn't even right. really have time not just to practice but just around them and you yeah. throw in last year covid guidelines and social media right. and stay kind of in your pot of players that you're always with don't get outside of that like yeah. you taking all that into account it's just the quarterback position obviously it's it's under a different kind of my it's under a microscope but a different kind of microscope than any other position in any sport and I'm, I'm glad you brought up the other part of it like it's not just continuity in terms of reps it's all right it's the friendship side of it. It's the relationship side of it. It's the trust side of it on and off the field that can make a difference there. But, um, you know, I mean, I I remember Cowboy fans back in the day being like, well, I mean, Romo and Witten, they always room together. They're best pals. That's why he's always throwing it. I'm like, is that why? Or is it because Witten's open a lot and he's mm-hmm. good? And, you know, fans would always have a different take on it. And I guess what you're saying is you know, the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. I could tell you a story you've probably never heard of. I want to hear it, and it's it's a it's a exclusive story. But All I'm right, breaking, Go, breaking uh, on air. Oh, you know what? That's a great tease, Mister Butler. We'll take a quick timeout when we come back. Okay. It better be good now. Oh, no pressure. Good. Oh, it's good. When we come back, an exclusive behind the scenes football story from. It's football story, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> James Butler, as it pertains to this conversation, great Scott show. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Scott Prather, James Butler, former Rage Cajun Green Bay Packers wide receiver. So we were talking about continuity between quarterbacks and their receivers, skill players, tight ends, running backs, what have you. And you brought up, you know, it's it's not just the reps, it's also the relationship in life between quarterback and said players, if they're close, is there a trust factor on and off the field? And he said, I'm about to say a story that's never been told. This isn't exclusive. So this basically speaks on what we're talking about right now. And I can speak about it because this is what, seven years ago. It's it's over with now. And, you know, um, but I'm going to speak on this one specific time that happened. It was against – and, and it, this basically goes back to, like I said, one receiver getting 80 targets, me only getting 40, you know, Surge may only getting 50. And it's like, why is it so lopsided? And I'm about to say why. So playing Tulane in the ball game in the New Orleans Bowl. And if anyone can remember, that guy, one of the corners got hurt and he left the game on the stretcher. And the game was paused for a little bit. The ball was on the right hash, so I was the receiver to the boundary. I had been on the right hash the entire game. And the play came from up top. I think Jay Johnson gave the play that we was going to be running next. And the, the play was designed specifically for me because I was to the, the boundary. I'm not going to say the coach's name, but he elected to move me from that spot and put Jamal Robinson right there just so he can get the ball. So if you ask me why I didn't have any catches in the bowl game, that's why. Because and and but the thing that was confusing is my teammates, even Jamal himself was upset because he was like this guy is not dropping any passes in practice. 
He has caught passes in the game. He can get open. He's doing it. Why y'all keep moving me to get the ball? But I'm not going to say his name. A certain coach kept doing that so he can get the ball. Who, Hut? Mm, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going <laughs> to say. It was, it was probably Hud. No, it was I. No, Hud, it I wasn't know, Hud, Hud. Hud, didn't, Hud didn't call the plays. It, it, okay. it wasn't Hud. I'm right. not say, it wasn't All right. Hud. All right. But that happened, and it, it's happened more than once. I can speak on the time against Texas State when, again, I was to the boundary. And it was a slant route that was called, and they purposely moved me to the wide side of the field so the play can go to Jamal Robinson. And, of course, he scored the touchdown that was meant for me to score. And I now, was How common like, is that, though, moving guys around? That's not like because it's, it's the uncom- offense I mean, that I, we I ran, don't know. I miss what I'm asking. No, but the offense that we ran, it, it's not common because we don't like it's not okay. So in Bustle's offense, the X and the receiver they move left and right. Mm-hmm. So it's like if I'm the X receiver and I have to go to the right all the time, if the play calls for me to go to the right, I have to go to the right. If the play calls for me to go to the left, I go to the left. It's it's contingent on whatever play is being called. With HUD's system, you stay on that same time, that same side every time. So you never switch. The only time you switch is if you come out the game and the receiver closer to the sideline is hurting. You got to hurry up and fill in. That's the only time you switch. So for us to do that, it was kind of like, why? You know, so now I'm playing a whole different position just for somebody else to, you know, and I can, and, and that's happened. But ironically, though, if the game was on the line, it was no switching at all. It was, yeah, we can throw the ball to James, but if it was... So do you think the idea was, let's just try to get something going here and get the ball in this guy's hands, maybe it'll open things up, or is it something deeper than that that's just a chemistry, team, coach, player? I don't know. I, I honestly, and you don't you know. ask. You just... You just yeah, and and I, I was I was upset about it, and teammates knew that I was upset about it because if if you ask me why, like a lot of people say... How can and it's nothing against those kids, but the HUD teams they had a lot of talent, and a lot of people ask, well, how we, how like we kept losing four games consistently, can never crack the top twenty-five, and it's really the stuff. It was in talent. It was the stuff that was going on in house like that because just that little instance, and I'm not saying that that was the situation that no, that's one started of, the fight. But I'm yeah, sure a uh, hundred examples you could right, use, but right? that's one of the situations where teammates weren't particularly happy about because they were like, this guy doesn't get in trouble. He's, you know, he's catching passes in practice, getting open in practice, doing everything you ask him to do, and then come game time, you switch him so somebody else can get the ball. Let me ask you this. James Butler, our guest, ESPN 1420. I'm Scott Prather. Coaches, I, I feel like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a I'll, I'm gonna say something here and you can just tell me whether you think I'm right or wrong. I feel like all coaches have favorites in that uh, a, a better player will have a longer rope than someone else. Um, you know, I always laugh about a story when Jimmy Johnson, the old NFL coach, is in the Hall of Fame when he was when he got to Miami to coach the Dolphins. He was like, he was talking to the team and Dan Marino, and he was like, Dan, if you fall asleep in a meeting, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you to wake up. Right. And he looked at this backup corner. He said, if you fall asleep in a meeting, I'm gonna cut your ass. Right. Um. 
So from a standpoint of, look, the better players will have more leeway, and yet I feel like some coaches take it too far, right? Every every coach is going to have, quote, favorites in that, you know what, I, I, I'm not going to kick this player off the team because he missed, it, depending on the severity of whatever right. happened, because he, you know, he missed one thing. Maybe he was late three times. Right. Uh, I'm going to start him. Another guy, he's late once. You're not playing this week. Right. Right. The difference between that and something a lot deeper of, look, you're just playing favorites to the extreme. That guy's now been late every day. Right. And you're letting him do whatever he wants. Right. Right. So the it, it, there's a difference between having, all right, the rope's a little bit longer, and, okay, there's no rope at all for some players, and there's a short one for others. Right. That, I feel like, I just don't think, I don't believe that there's a coach out there. Every coach is going to say, I treat all the players exactly the same, and I think that's a lie. I don't think yeah, any coach right. does that anywhere. But I do think if you went over there now, you would see, okay, there might, you know, I, I don't I, I don't think there is a situation currently with the football team at UL where there's players where there is no rope whatsoever. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Right. And And I, maybe that's an extreme way of saying it. Obviously, if a player had like a serious, serious off-the-field incident, they'd be kicked. I'm talking about strictly practice times, what you're right. supposed to do as a player. I'm not talking right. about things in, in regards to, to, to the law. Although, you know, you could still bring that into these conversations. Is that is that a fair assessment? That's how I look at, at, at coaches. You have some that are they say there's it's my way or the highway, but really it's, there's a little wiggle room, and then there's others where it's just like, look, it's too much of playing favorites that you're the locker room, you've created this schism that is just hard to repair. Oh, that's definitely the true, and I think it was taken overboard at times, like you said, and that rubbed. One one thing you said the la- on the last the last time I was on air with you that those the team. The players at UL really know that the coaching staff has their best interests at heart and they care about them. That wasn't the case with the last coaching staff. And I'm just being honest that, you know, we didn't know that. So that ties into like the story that I just told you and them taking it overboard sometimes. It was like, from my standpoint, and I'm just talking about my case specifically, it led me to believe. I couldn't do nothing, anything right because it's like I'm not late for meetings. I'm here. I practice hard. I'm doing everything. I'm a good player. I mean, but, hell, you, you were you were you were in an NFL camp. But yeah, so when people ask me, like I remember, maybe like two years ago, we did a segment and a guy called in and was saying, "Man, I don't know why they don't throw you the ball more, man. You was open a lot, and that's the reason why." And it wasn't until and and, and I'm gonna be honest, the, when Jamal got hurt, I struggled. At first, because I wasn't used to being in that, you know, it wasn't even out, you know, it wasn't distributed evenly for me to be like, okay, I'm used to getting this many passes in the game. It was like, wow, I'm the number one receiver now. I don't know, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle. So I struggled at first, and it wasn't until I got my feet up under me and I started to actually make plays and stuff. But that's the reason why, you know, I wasn't getting as many passes. That's the reason why people – you know, in a small microcosm of, like, my situation. That's why the players felt like that coaching staff really didn't have our best interest at heart. So you don't think it was because Jamal might have been a better player? You think it was— Oh, Jamal was definitely better. But you feel like— That's besides the point, though, because I felt like 
for you to do that, you kind of pitting me and him against each other, and that's not good for the team. Right, right. You're, you're right. The over the the lingering effects of now you're doing things way well out of right. the ordinary, and it's it's creating animosity not just amongst potentially and you look you guys seem to get along and I threw your hand at it well but it's not just about two players it's about the entire right. locker room and like I said yeah. to Jamal's defense he was visibly upset that they were doing that because he was like he even I mean he spoke up on my behalf at times when I couldn't speak up for myself but why, why, why do you really think they did that you've I never think, been able to figure it out or, I'm sure you have I, theories I can't I, I don't know I think maybe because and look, it's not just me. They did it to Surgeon too, which I I, I can't understand. Another guy you know? that played professionally, right? And and it's like I can't wrap my head around it. I really don't know, um, because I tell people this all the time. Did Jamal do one receiver? Yes, the guy was awesome. I and I I took that. I embraced that number two receiver role because I knew I was like Jamal is you know great. You know he's good. He deserved the number one role, but. When it's time for me to get the ball, like, don't, okay. Like, the times that I've gotten the ball has been we in the flow of the game and I can't take you out and put, you know, and that's when I've gotten the ball. But if it's a timeout and I'm to the short side of the field and it's a pass, and it's oh, the I'm play call and it's everything we've practiced that yep. calls for this moment. And now you're changing it at the last second. And now I'm taking that. That's going to, every player sees it, every player knows yeah, it. Yeah. And, and people were upset about that. But, you know, I couldn't get on and say, this is what's going on, right? Even and, though, and and you, if you had it, why it probably would have made things worse. I mean, as yeah. as like man, I'm just going to keep my head down, do what I'm supposed to do. But now with you know time and years of reflection, it's like you look back and you're like a lot of talent on those teams. It did seem covering that team because I one good thing is we had a lot more access to you guys back then than we do now. I mean mm-hmm. Napier they were on a tight ship, but it was cool getting to know you and. You know Andre and Justin, some of the other guys a little bit, and, and and Hunter and covering that team, and you know Jamal was kind of shy with the media, but he always seemed like a really, really nice guy. Same with Daryl. Um, but we we got to, I got to hear some more things as well, and um, and then I ended up having a nephew that walked on like in the last time Hud's last bowl year when mm-hmm. they played Southern Miss, so I heard all kind of stuff from the locker room, um, and. The difference between that locker room in 2011, 2012 versus quarter of the tail end there of, of HUD's era, it was like it was just like night and day. Right. And I mean, you, I, I'm sure you saw the difference from your, you know, and your very first year, you, you know, Bustle was that staff was still there, and then you you had a medical red shirt in HUD's first year, but you saw sort of the transformation of the locker room. It had to feel different your last year there, and I know you kept up with guys even after you left. See, and and I want to reiterate this. It wasn't HUD that was doing this. It was another coach, and I don't want to. Sure, know, sure. I'm gonna leave that out. But yeah, you still, it, you ever talked to HUD? Still, do you still have a good relationship? Yeah, we still have a good relationship. I seen him last time I physically seen him was um, when I traveled with you all to go to Mississippi State. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, that's right. He yeah. was he was on Mississippi State and at the time. That's yeah. the last time I seen him. He was so happy for me, man. And I know it's, I know it's you know gratifying for a coach to see one of your players doing something. You know, doing mm-hmm. something else, and he, you know, he was extremely proud of me. And HUD, I tell people this all the time. I don't think HUD ever raised his voice at me, like ever. In his four years that I played for him, I don't think he's ever raised his voice at me once. I mean, he's always treated me with the utmost respect, and I don't, you know, I don't have anything negative to say about him. But I think in my situation, 
I think that, and and the only thing that that makes sense to me is that this is the number one receiver. We have to get him the ball at all costs. But I don't. But see, when I think about that, I kind of contradict myself because it's like I could probably count on one hand how many passes I've dropped in the game. So it's like I can't say that I would have dropped it. So I don't know why that would happen. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. James Butler has been our guest co-hosting this morning. We've been having fun and uh, more serious here in this last segment. But I, I love the behind the scenes stuff. I love kind of getting more insight into a locker room, what makes a locker room. But from what you've heard, what you're hearing, that locker room pretty stable right now over at you. Oh, know. definitely. And, Every, and everybody guys, I talk to, those guys feel like all right. These these the staff believes in us. They're gonna they're gonna yeah. do right by us. Right? Everybody I talk to has nothing but positive things to say. Plus, you know, me and Jaluk kind of have a history. So I've been knowing Jaluk for years now. Coach Jabbar Jaluk. Yep. You knew him from back when he was in New Orleans? Yeah, so um, before Katrina, I was going to Carr. He's great. Oh, he is. I was going to Carr. So he was the head coach at Carr at the time. And um, I was at Carr, and he remembered me because I was going to play for him because Carr goes from 7th to 12th grade. I don't know if it still does that now. And he remembered me, and he was like, yeah, man. I, you know." So when I seen him, when I was traveling with the team, man, me and him had a great conversation. He's like, yeah, I remember you was there. I wish I could have got you, but, you know, Katrina happened and all this other stuff. So it was cool. He's done a great job, man. Those those running backs, look at what they did. Definitely. On Saturday night and this past weekend in the preseason. Yeah, I know. Your cousin Elijah McGuire with the circus catch. You had Raymond Kale with big returns. You had Trey yeah. Regis getting things done with the Raiders and, uh, of course, Elijah Mitchell over there in, in, in San Francisco. And and Chris Mitchell's going to be another one of those guys. Oh, definitely. All right, when we come back, we'll wrap it up. Final segment, music, sports. <laughs> what about, you know, James sees some of what I do at my job. What about kind of the funniest story from his line of work as a state trooper? Because I bet he's got a whole bunch, some of which he can't share. <laughs> we might get one or two next. Don't go anywhere. It's ESPN 1420. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Big thanks to Matty Hudak, who joined us uh, earlier in the show, to James Butler for coming in, co-hosting today. Always fun catching up with you, my friend, and uh, talking sports and learning new things. You always learn new things about music, I suppose. Oh, my God. Talking, uh, we coming from Tim Tebow to Josh <laughs> Hart to a lot of Saints talk to some college football talk as well. And your time back when you played with Aaron Rodgers, back when you played with the Rangers. The job now for you, it's been for several years, your state trooper. What's the I mean, what, what's the funniest story from your lineup? <laughs> um, this this story is actually not mine. It was from uh, one of the guys that I graduated the academy with. And, and when he told me the story, man, I just I couldn't stop laughing. I had to get off the phone with him because I was laughing so hard. But he said he he pulled the vehicle over and you know, typically you call a guy out of the car. And he said the guy got out of the car with a goat. <laughs> <laughs> with an actual goat. Okay? 
And he was so, like, drunk, so intoxicated, so out of his mind that he was adamant about my friend taking care of his donkey. He kept saying, like, <laughs> like take care of my donkey. Can't let this donkey go. And he was like, man, I know I'm going to jail. Just take care of my donkey, please. That's all I got. Your friend's looking around like, donkey? <laughs> what? So he had to call the animal people when they took care of that. But you see like weird animal stuff just sometimes. Uh, the most around here I get is like horses on the loose cows and okay. loose stuff like that. Um, people hitting deer because I work. Um, I work St. Landry Evangeline Parishes now. So you know up there it's a whole bunch of woods and that kind of stuff. So the deer, the deer is definitely the most prominent thing that I get. St. Landry Parish. You know, I was born in Opelousas. Okay. So, yeah, I'm right in your neck of the woods. <laughs> so, uh, you go to different parts of Louisiana, man, and it's like, am I in the same state? Am I in the same country? Yeah, this seriously. Is, this is just a, a different parish feels like a different world sometimes. Yeah, seriously. Like, there's some parts of Evangeline Parish where, like, my radio doesn't even work anymore. Like, it's, like, so remote. It's, it's crazy. Good thing you got streaming. Oh, yeah, for sure. At uh, ESPN 1420, that's the app. Of course, uh, if you missed any of today's show, the entire thing available via the Great Scott Show podcast, iTunes, Apple, uh, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you like to listen to your podcast. And uh, this, whenever I have James on, it's usually one of the more downloaded listen to one. So if you listen to us after the show, enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed um, putting it together today. It's been a lot of fun. Great seeing you, man, and uh, we'll do it again sometime next month and maybe shortly before, maybe the week of the Saints opener. Okay. I just have to get you on. UL will have a game under their books. Perhaps your expectations for the Saints will dimmer a little. My guess is you'll probably be more ridiculous with it. Most You'll be likely. like, oh, they're going 16-0, 19-0. You already know, Scott. You already know. All right, man. so he's he's going to unlock his Twitter to let more people follow oh, him. What's, yeah. the, what's the handle there? Shout out to uh, – oh, hold on. I don't even know my handle, Scott. Hold it's on. your name backwards, isn't it? it is, I think it is. Hold on. Yes, it's my name backwards. So James Butler, common spelling, but just backwards. So it's – It's uh, – Samaj Relta, S-E-M-A-J. R E L T U B. There you go. And Samaj. shout out to Vernon Wolf for helping me come up with that name. Former Raging Cajun receiver. I think he listened. Maybe, I don't know. But we uh one day we was bored in camp and we were putting our names backwards on the wall. I don't know why. And they just got a kick out of it. Your tweets are protected unless someone's following you, James. So. All right. Okay. Let me let me see, see how do you do it? I don't know. I mean you, you just, I think you, I, I'll show you how to do it. Don't worry. That's James Butler. I'm Scott Brather Green. He's next. CSPN 1420 and .com. Don't go anywhere.